You are listening to Help for HD Live, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and welcome to Help for HD Live. I am your host today, Katie Jackson. Lauren Holder is still out for the time being um, with her father passing away from Huntington's disease, but um, we are told that she will be back and up and going um, next week. Uh, so hopefully you guys will get her back and we'll get uh, going again with her hosting the radio shows and me just coming on every once in a while. But I am very excited because today I get to do a show on Connect HD and we have some really amazing guests on to talk to us. First, let me start out with Dr. First Stemming. She is a board-certified movement disorder neurologist and the director of the HDSA Center of Excellence at UT Health in Houston. And her areas of interest include basic and clinical research focus on further understanding and improving treatments for patients with Huntington's disease and Parkinson's disease. We also have Dr. Klassen on with us today to talk about Connect HD. Dr. Klassen is a board-certified neurologist who directs the Vanderbilt Huntington's Disease Center of Excellence. The center's mission is to improve the lives of patients and families that suffer from Huntington's disease. And today we also have Mackenzie Lexmore on with us. And she is actually one of the research coordinators at Duke for Connect HD. So we have a really great lineup of uh, guests with us today. So let's jump right into the show. And I am going to start with the first question, um, going to Dr. Deming. Can you uh, please tell us a little bit about what is Connect HD? Sure. Thanks so much for uh, giving us the opportunity to visit with you today, Katie. I really appreciate it. Um, so, a Connect HD is a clinical trial. It's a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled clinical trial studying the efficacy and tolerability of valbenazine for treating chorea, or um, involuntary movements that are common in individuals in, uh, living with Huntington's disease. Um, Connect HD is a, a relatively short trial, short clinical trial. Um, it's uh, up to 18 weeks in total. Four of those weeks are really the screening period, and then there are 12 weeks of study drug dosing. Um, and then there's a final study visit two weeks after the last dose of the study drug. We are including individuals in this study that are between the ages of 18 and 75 years of age and that have a diagnosis of motor manifest Huntington's disease. Um, we want to include individuals that have bothersome or troublesome chorea. Um, and so it's, it's a, um, like I said, it's a clinical trial really focused on the movements or, or some of the motor symptoms that occur in many individuals living with Huntington's disease. Okay, perfect. And then we've also heard about a Connect HD2. So can you explain to us what that is? Yes, so Connect HD2 is the open-label extension. So it's an open-label rollover study for continuing um, valbenazine, um, studying the, the efficacy and tolerability of valbenazine um, in, in individuals with, um, with Huntington's disease. This is a longer study. It's 104 weeks, up to 104 weeks in duration. Um, and open-label just means that everyone that participates in, in Connect HD2 will receive valbenazine. 
Um, I think we'll talk in a little bit uh, about valbenazine, but just to, to mention that valbenazine is actually already an FDA-approved medication. It was FDA-approved uh, in April of 2017, so this is just studying valbenazine uh, for a different indication. It was approved for something called tardive dyskinesia, which is um, a, a different condition that patient, it, uh, when, when individuals actually have involuntary movements, um, but not due to Huntington's, due to usually a medication. Okay. All right. Great. And so we, um, we've we heard that a lot of the clinical trials that are going on with Huntington's disease um, have been halted or there's been problems with the whole COVID-19, of course. So Dr. Clausen, um, was did COVID-19 uh, have impact on this trial? Thank you, Katie. Yeah, I think um, COVID-19 certainly changed the way we go about our lives in many ways and certainly uh, running this trial was one of those ways. So uh, with COVID-19 and the state safer at home orders we had, um, we had to change the trial and put it on hold for a little bit um, just for the patient's safety. And uh, this, this hold lasted for a couple months. Um, but it's we're, we're back going again, and, and uh, every site's different and where you live in the country Obviously, the, the rules there and the risks there are, are going to be different, but I can, I can confidently say that across uh, North America, the study is um, going on in full force. Um, we've also been working with our sites and the Huntington study group to make sure that um, if you do enroll in this study, you are doing it in a safe manner and there's no um, extra risk for you to get COVID, so we're, we're, we're looking forward to to doing this trial responsibly uh, and hopefully uh, continue pushing through so that 2021 can be a great year where we finish uh, enrolling for this study. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Dr. Clausen, we know that there's already medicines out there for the treatment of involuntary movements associated with HD. So what's different about this? Yeah, so this would be the third VMAT2 inhibitor that would be on the market for Huntington's disease and VMAT2 uh, inhibitors are a type of medication that, that changed how dopamine is released from the presynaptic neuron and offer a potential benefit to patients. Uh, and so the first one was tetrabenazine, uh, and the second one was dutetrabenazine, and the third one that we're looking at is valbenazine. So why do we need another one? Well, this one's a little different. Uh, it's got a little different... Um, makeup. It's a once-a-day medication, uh, and I think we want to look to see what is the entire slate of options for patients to improve uh, their movements. And so by doing this study, we're able to expand our knowledge about different types of medications and different ways medications are dosed uh, to help patients. I think the other part of this trial that's a little bit unique is that we're looking at new ways to run clinical trials. And one of those ways is looking at what's called uh, quantitative motor assessments. And that's a big fancy word that means we're actually uh, uh, helping some patients um, uh, put on uh, certain uh, stickers, so to speak, that actually track how a person moves during the day and how the medication can be uh, assessed regarding how it improves a person's movement. So historically, when we evaluate a patient, we require them to come into the clinic 
and we look at them and we do an evaluation. But the question is, can we do better than that? Can we actually test how a medication works by looking at how a patient moves at home without them having to come in the clinic? So I think we're doing a lot of innovative ways to really push forward the future of clinical trial assessments because all of us, I think, share the frustration that it takes a long time for these therapies to get tested. It takes a very long time and a lot of money to get them through development. And so anything that we can do to help speed up that effort uh, and to improve um, the assessment of these therapies, whether or not they work, is something that the entire Huntington's community, I think, could get involved in. So I think that's another great uh, opportunity for this trial. Absolutely. And, and Dr. Stemming, I have a quick question for you. So like people that are involved in the study, I just heard Dr. Clausen say that they take it once a day. So would they be taking this more in the morning or in the afternoon or what time, like what are they find? What are they testing? Yeah, that's a great question, Katie. And, and I think as, as Dr. Clausen pointed out, you know, it's, it's dosed once a day, which is, we all know how difficult it is to take a medication um, at all, and then to remember a medicine, you know, multiple times a day or even a couple of times a day can be very difficult. And so we really um, like the fact that this is dosed uh, once daily. Um, it can be dosed uh, generally in the morning is is fine, um, uh, just before 1,800 hours is the requirement in the in the study. Um, so generally, we we ask that uh, the the participants take the study drug at the same time every day. Um, that that would be uh, certainly preferred. Um, and you know, I didn't really elaborate too much earlier on on Korea. I'm, I feel confident that most individuals that are listening uh, to the call are, are um, very familiar with Korea. But but just to kind of elaborate on what Dr. Clausen was saying and some of the unique aspects of this trial, you know, Korea is an involuntary movement that can be very troublesome and bothersome and, and lead to folks dropping things and having difficulty with, um, you know, maybe knocking things over and, um, and having difficulty with their activities of daily living and, and fine motor movements. Um, and so we're hoping that we can assess different kind of measures as far as quality of life and that this really ultimately translates into improving our, our patients' quality of life um, from, from day to day so that they don't have to struggle so much um, in, in just doing things that we, you know, many activities that um, are required and, and taking care of the house or working. Um, we're, we're hoping that this, this drug actually uh, ultimately helps, helps with some of those things. Um, so that, that's really, really our goal in, in um, completing this trial to hopefully, if it's a positive trial, to, to add to the list of medications that are approved uh, for Huntington's. And, and as Dr. Clausen also mentioned, really to expand our knowledge about HD, which is incredibly important in a disease that's rare um, like, like HD. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's funny, the the public impact, right? Like, I mean, that was our biggest thing as a family is, you know, my husband's Korea was, was we could never get it under control no matter what we did. And our, the public impact when we go on vacations or we go out to eat, my children and what they had to experience with people saying stuff to my husband and the, I mean, it was just a nightmare. And it got to the point where my poor children didn't even want to go out with their dad because they just didn't know what the public was going to do. Um, and so, yeah, Korea is a huge, huge uh, impact on families and, and our loved ones. I, and I think people, um, you know, who live it definitely know that all too well. Um, yeah. So another thing, um, Dr. Clausen, like when you think of like, there's some drugs out there that I think about, like, you know, that there's like time release, extended release, and there's these, is that kind of what these drugs are doing? Are they different releases or are they hold different kind of molecules? And I, without getting too sciencey, because that's, 
Um, is that kind of what it is would be like an extended or is it totally different than that? Um, yeah. So I, I, I guess you're just referring to the general um, different types of tetrabenazine. So, yeah. so you'll remember that tetrabenazine used to be, I mean, we still use it in some of our patients and it's three times a day. And generally on average, it works for about five and a half hours before uh, another dose has to be taken. So, so dutetrabenazine um, is only twice a day, and that medicine um, takes advantage of a, a deuteration uh, molecule, which sounds like really science fiction, but it basically changes how the medication is metabolized and slows it down a little bit. And so the efficacy of the medication lasts longer, and you're able to accomplish the same um, effect with a lower dose. So this compound uh, is different. It's, it's not necessarily an extended release. It's just a different compound altogether. It's got some similarities, mm -hmm. but they, uh, they've made the compound a little differently. So it only has to be taken once a day. Um, and it's been used in um, a disease or type of movement called tardive dyskinesia, which is uh, a movement that can sometimes look a little bit like Korea, but it's usually in patients that don't have Huntington's disease, and so uh, they're looking to see whether or not this this medication would also work in in, in Huntington's disease patients. So to answer your question, you know, they're not the same medication with just extended release. There's there's differences in how they're um, put together and how how they're um, constituted. That that is more than just you know an extended release form, and they all act a little bit differently. But at the end of the day. They, they generally work on the same mechanism, which is reducing presynaptic dopamine release. Perfect, yeah. We want lots of um, different options for our patients, so I'm, I'm glad to hear that we have, we may possibly eventually have another option because um, it is always nice to have uh, families uh, being able to try different things for their loved ones, for sure. Um, I'm gonna bring McKinsey in for just a second. Um, to talk to us a little bit about the inclusion criteria. Um, and I know there's always exclusion criteria, but I think if we just talk about kind of the in inclusion criteria, and if you want to throw some of those exclusions, you can as well, um, about being a part of this clinical trial. Hi, yes, thank you, Katie. Um, Dr. Stimming already mentioned uh, a few items here, so I'll just expand on that. For Connect HD, we are looking for men and women aged 18 to 75 years with a diagnosis of motor manifest Huntington's disease. So as Dr. Stimming mentioned and Dr. Clausen has gotten into with us, valbenazine is being tested in Huntington's Korea specifically. So we are looking to, uh, to lower the involuntary movements associated with Huntington's disease. So for this reason, we're looking for participants with physical signs and symptoms of Huntington's disease for Connect HD. Additionally, uh, participants have to be able and willing to comply with the study visits. So the study generally lasts around 18 weeks, and that includes nine in-person visits. The 18-week period also includes the entire screening period, the study drug period, and a follow-up period. So during these visits, we do motor exams, cognitive testing, and psychiatric questionnaires, and we're just trying to learn how you're doing and how you're feeling while taking the study medication. Additionally, interested participants will also need to take oral medications daily and also record the date and time they do so in a sort of daily diary. 
At these study visits, we also take a look at multiple safety measures, including vital signs, blood samples, and electrocardiograms. So participants interested in Connect HD will need to have the ability to come into our clinics for these study activities, uh, like I said, a total of nine times. But as in any clinical trial, uh, the study team at the HSG site near you will probably be the best able to discuss specific inclusion-exclusion uh, criteria in greater detail. Perfect. Yep. And, and how would uh, people, obviously, if they are going to Duke, they would contact you, but how would people uh, get a hold of someone to learn more about uh, being part of this study? Well, Katie, the easiest way to, to navigate to the Huntington Study Group Connect HD website, which has all of this information laid out nicely for us, um, I've learned is just to Google it. It really, it really is that simple. Mm. So if you just plug in Huntington Study Group and Connect HD, one of the top two uh, results will get you straight to all of that information. Uh, so Connect HD is being conducted by the Huntington Study Group, which has a long, long-standing history with working with HD families and their families, uh, excuse me, patients and their families for clinical trials and studies related to Huntington's disease. This particular study is uh, taking place in around 55 study centers in the U.S. and in Canada. So interested participants can view all of the study locations on the Huntington Study Group website. You can also contact them directly. So the, the North American toll-free number to contact Huntington Study Group is 1-800-487-7671. And if you prefer email, all inquiries can go to info at hsglimited.org. And there you'll be able to find all of the study sites, um, all the information that you need regarding this study, where the sites are, and how to con contact specific study sites that are near you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mackenzie. And before we wrap up the show, it looks like we are going on about our 20-minute time. Um, is, is there any final thoughts, um, Dr. Stemming or Dr. Clausen, that you guys, um, that we missed or that should be said before we wrap the show? Well, I, I would like just to say thank you again for, for um, inviting us to speak today and giving us this, this, uh, this opportunity. Um, I'd like to thank all the listeners um, for really um, keeping yourself up to date with um, information about Huntington's disease, with clinical trials, um, even if it doesn't sound like this would be a trial that would uh, be um, uh, applicable uh, to you or your loved one, we appreciate you listening um, and educating yourself about HD um, and hope that you feel more empowered. Um, every little bit of additional information um, you learn about HD, we hope that you uh, feel more empowered um, and, and we are con continually inspired by the patients and the families that we have the pleasure of working with um, and are honored to be in the, you know, and working with the HD community to continue the fight against HD. Yeah, thank you, Dr. Stemming. One of the million reasons why you're one of my favorite people walking this planet. Um, and <laughs> before, uh, before we go, anything else, Dr. Clausen? Well, thanks for having us and um, look forward to seeing you and uh, listeners in, enrolled in the trial. Thanks for letting yeah. us be a part of the radio show today. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you both always for coming on um, with us when uh, we ask and giving us updates. Um, I know you guys both have been on the show. 
before, and so we really do appreciate uh, your guys' time because we do know how valuable it, it is. And it was really great talking to you, Mackenzie, for the first time on the show. Uh, real quick, just a quick update, uh, Help for HD Virtual Hype is open. That's our highly interactive participant education days. Um, Dr. Tom Bird, Stacy Barton, Terry Temkin will be on our first. We are uh, this a year on our virtual hypes. Our theme is Mythbusters. We all know that Huntington's disease families have lived with many myths and conflicting information over the years. So we are breaking down myths on our hype this year, and that started from our radio show. So if you haven't listened to the last four radio shows, they have been on Mythbusters. We've had Dr. Frank and Dr. Tom Bird and HD Buzz and Mara uh, Platt, a genetic counselor, breaking down some myths that are out there. Um, on our first hype, it'll be an interactive panel talking about myths uh, submitted by you, of course. So those portals are open for you to submit your questions to see if information are myths or truth. And um, they will be breaking, the panel will be breaking that down. And then after we are going to have patient stories, and um, they are how believing myths that were incorrect impacted their family. So we have someone talking that they were told that uh, they could test the embryo back when they couldn't and different things um, that they believed that women only can get Huntington's disease. Males can't. African-Americans cannot get Huntington's disease. So these myths that have been out there and conflict conflicting information from families that's passed down from generation after generation that have caused um, impacts to our families. So I think it's going to be a very powerful year this year for hype. So make sure you guys tune in, go to the website, Register, it is free, and we have tons of giveaways. Like always, Help for HD will be mailing you giveaways since you can't be in person with us to get them. So make sure you register, and I think that is it uh, for today. Thank you all so much. Don't forget to go to our website and subscribe so you get all of the latest information coming out of Help for HD. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.